Nigel Floyd of Time Out praised it as mindless entertainment of the highest order. Karen James of the New York Times said it was much funnier than most comedies until it turns vile instead of just stupid. And Jay Boyer of the Orlando Sentinel raved, it's amazing how quickly an explosion, a ripped out throat, or even four bangs in a row can make other problems seem insignificant. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we determine the fate of Roadhouse. Which one will it be? Greetings, Starfighters. It's the Rune Childhoods Podcast, back from summer vacation. Um, <laughs> yeah, very much literally for you. You were just in uh, Europe gallivanting. I, oh, and gallivant I did. Gallivanted, I traipsed, I sauntered oh throughout the uh, south of Spain. Actually, really not too much throughout the south of Spain, just in the um, Cartagena, Alicante, La Manga area. Had a lovely time with family and friends. Wonderful. I yeah. didn't go anywhere. You didn't go anywhere. No. But, uh, um, before we get into this too much, I need to share with our wonderful listeners uh, something that happened today. So what happened? So at, at work, uh, so I work for Portland Art Museum and we have a sister organization called the Northwest Film Center that uh, hosts a lot of different film festivals, such as the Portland International Film Festival. And they are also uh, hosting this one film festival uh, this coming weekend. I'm trying to think of when I'm releasing. So by the time this episode comes out, it will already have happened. And it's a festival. It's a four, just a four-night thing. Um where they show movies on a rooftop in downtown Portland called the Top Down Rooftop Festival or Top Down Rooftop Film Series, something like that. And there's, I don't think that there's any particular reason why certain movies are necessarily chosen. Um, this year, the movies that are being shown are um, the Taika Waititi film Boy, um, the classic uh, Laura the other classic Wayne's world, you see that there's a theme of there being no real theme. And then also a movie and then, right. And then a movie uh, starring our personal, uh, I I don't know if favorites necessarily the word, but somebody who we admire a lot, Catherine Mary Stewart. I would consider her, um, one of the, the leading ladies of, of ruined childhoods, ruined childhoods. And, uh, she is in this movie called Night of the Comet that we're also showing as part of this series. And I'm at work. Uh, part of my job, uh, as of recently, has become uh, doing graphic design for the museum and the film center. And I'm designing a a, a sign that's going up for uh, zombie face painting to go up to while the, while uh, Night of the Comet is playing because mm. it is a it's a zombie movie where um, all of the adults turn into zombies and teenagers are basically left to uh, take care of business. 
And as I'm working on this uh, poster, for a movie that I've never seen and don't even know if I ever really heard of before, Mm -hmm. Dan texts me telling me about a screening of Night of the Comet. We've never talked about this movie before. Neither of us have seen it. Ever. It's never come up. No, never. Until... So I... I needed to share that with everybody. What's and, up? And I'll and I'll share. You know, I didn't really go into details. We were um, as we were texting earlier, but this actually had come up. I had seen it um, last a couple of weeks ago that it was happening on, mm. the, or that it was going to be happening. But uh, I was I, I was in Europe without an international data plan, folks. So really, <laughs> I mean, you know. Psh- yeah. First world problems. Um, so I wasn't doing a whole lot. And besides, I was on vacation. I wasn't doing a whole ton of of texting, emailing, so on and so forth. Um, I went on a Facebook and Twitter fast, I guess you could call it. Um, How does that feel? Does that feel good? Yeah. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> it, um, Nothing has changed in the world. You didn't miss anything. No. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's not I'm not like, you know, ah, no, it's banished. They've just been like banished from the phone. And I've logged into I think I've logged into Facebook once a week. And today was the first day I logged into Twitter in, I don't know, three, four weeks. But anyway, um, prior or at some point during one of those Facebook logins, I happened to see that um, old friend of mine who uh I knew we we did some theater together and I'll give him a shout out, Jason Romas. And he, I believe, owns uh, Rock Bar in um, in New York City on Christopher Street, oh, 185 cool. Christopher Street, New York. And they I know Jason is a is a horror. We'll invoice sci-fi. him for that. Uh, that that plug right there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they seem to be. Yeah, they're doing they seem to be doing great because they've they have. They host a lot of screenings of whether it's the, you know, American Horror Story season premiere or finale, or I think they did something with Scream Queens when that was uh, debuted. But, and he, he's been getting some pretty like cool guests for these. And when they screened Night of the Comet recently, Catherine Mary Stewart was there in person and, and Jason uh, posted a, there was a picture posted of him with um, Ms. Stuart and she looks fantastic not to just I mean all I saw was the picture but as you know has aged very gracefully I I don't know why I'm commenting on this Um, (laughs) I'm sorry I just you know you could consider her a crush from a young age I mean between last Starfighter and Weekend at Bernie's and right um, so it's great to see her looking you know, looking healthy, I guess. We see so many of these stars who whose careers didn't quite take off the way that others have. And a lot of them have seen better days, but it looks like Catherine Mary Stewart is, is doing great. And hopefully we'll get to see her back on the big screen sometime soon. I mean, you can see her on the big screen if you go see Night of the Comet. On a rooftop in Portland. And how soon is that? 
That's 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 uh, happening. It's, it's after you'll yeah, everyone else will be hearing this. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but so <laughs> it's been a few weeks. <laughs> so we should uh, definitely talk about what we all came here to talk about, and that's movie reboots, prequels, sequels, remakes, etc. Yes. You, you you have okay. Yes, you're just agreeing with me. Um, uh, well, we I got a I lot also, to yeah. A lot to we have talk a lot about. to catch up. A lot to catch up on since uh, we took a few weeks off, and the one, the most recent episode that came out was recorded before a lot of stuff happened. We didn't do any new stuff intentionally because it would be so outdated. Um, we did post a few things on our Instagram about mm-hmm. reboot news. Um, we have the uh, wh- where do we even begin? Little Mermaid. Well, um. Actually, before before we get into the like the news, I want to get to a reboot that is currently in theaters in the United States, but in Europe it is on Netflix. So, I what is it? I had the pleasure. Well, I, yes, I will call it the pleasure of watching Shaft, the most recent oh, Shaft. No way with Jesse T. Usher, Samuel L. Jackson, Richard Roundtree, um, and. I, I just I figured I'd give my two cents because, you know, that's kind of what we do here. Sure. And it's a very the shaft like so the original uh, shaft, which I believe came out in 1971, had several sequels. Um, our, our friends over at the Trilogy podcast have have gone into depth about that, but um, has also now had, I guess, two sequels that are reboots. Kind of because right both so in 2000 John Singleton uh, the late great John Singleton directed Samuel L Jackson as as the nephew I'm doing finger quotes you can't see as I say nephew because that comes into play in the, in the most in the in Shaft 2019 um, the nephew of the original John Shaft Richard Roundtree who who cameos in in both films and so samuel and i i i really enjoyed that one um for those of you whose memory of it might be a bit hazy christian bale was a played kind of the the bad guy in it kind of a rich kid nice kind of a kind of kind of a donald trump jr type who uh um you know gets away with murder and uh shaft quits the police forcing and goes on, you know, this mission to kind of get him while New also shaft. dealing shaft, um, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel shaft. L. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. So Samuel L. Jackson, who, I mean, God, I feel like this applies to so many roles, but it's kind of like one of those, man, he was born to play this role. Like after watching the most recent one, I was like, he could just improvise a shaft movie. I'm, I'm certain <laughs> like, I'm certain it, that like the scripts have everybody else's lines. And then it just says Samuel L. Jackson says whatever Samuel L. Jackson wants to say. Something and, shafty. Yeah. Um, and like, it's your, it's your duty to, it's your duty to please that booty. That's, that one comes back in the new one, uh, which they, they tried, that was the, the one thing about the original shaft was they tried to like get the, or not the original shaft, but the first Samuel L. Jackson shaft was like trying to get those catchphrases in. But, uh, a lot of fun. Jeffrey Wright plays the, uh, uh, like drug drug kingpin peoples hernandez and jeffrey wright just goes to town with it he's awesome it 
it was a fun movie. I remember Tony Collette is in it. She plays a witness that he's huh. that Shaft is. So it, uh, you know, definitely worth checking out uh, for those who who haven't seen it. Now the new Shaft is entertaining. Samuel L. Jackson kind of makes it work. They tried to kind of build on the Shaft from from two thousand. Uh, except that it like <laughs> there's a few there's just a few things that don't quite make sense like apparently all these years Shaft ha- uh, John Shaft John Shaft Samuel L. Jackson the second John- Shaft yes the Shaft the second um, and so apparently there's this like other drug kingpin that he's been um that he's been like trying to hunt down since the 80s when i don't when it doesn't seem like he was on the police force according okay. to the flashback that they have but then they also show um during during the opening credits they show things that they show like the the shaft timeline and they have Shaft quitting the police force in 2001, which is interesting because the movie came out in 2000 and then he quit when he quits the police force. It's like a, a flashback. So like timeline wise, that could have even been 1999. Um, but there's no explanation as to why neither his son, who would have been, according to their timeline, 11 in the year 2000, no mention of him whatsoever in that movie, even though they make it clear, like he sends him a birthday gift every year and really no mention of like, they at least didn't like, I wish they would have at least taken this new drug dealer and he would have said like, you know, yeah, like, you know, I nailed his number one guy, people's Hernandez, but I could never get him. Not even no connection. And uh, on top of that, there are some like the, there's a lot of these like mocking references to 2019 culture, but it's so it's like a dark, you know, damn millennials when like when John Shaft Jr. Jesse T. Usher plays, it, he's like crossing the street and he's looking at his at something on his phone and you know, uh, is ah millennials and there's all that there's that kind of it's kind of similar to Live Free or Die Hard the like Bruce Willis Justin right. Long exchanges except. They were a little more timely then, and now yeah. it's just it's old. And there are some there there are a couple like homophobic lines. Um, there's one line in there that was kind of like it's the you know his, this FBI chief talking about his like basically like a seven year old kid being transgender and he's talking about it. Like it's a pain in the ass. And you know, it's, it's one little line. It flies by. I don't think most people even remember it, but you know, I think being sensitive to that is it. It it just, I just kind of found myself saying, why do these lines need to be in here? Oh, they don't. So um, that said, so, I mean, you know, that, that said, um, I, I, I was able to enjoy the movie despite the the you know the kind the of problems. Weak script. Yeah, despite right. despite its problems, you know, it, what is it supposed to be? You know, it's Samuel L. Jackson 
saying his, you know, <laughs> throwing around, uh, you know, saying motherfucker. Just, yeah. And just playing the catchphrase game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bas- all right. We so, just talked a lot about Shaft. Yeah. And uh, we have a lot to get through. <laughs> I don't know that we'll talk about Shaft again. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, Little Mermaid. <laughs> And that was your minute of Shaft. Okay, now the that, Little Mermaid. That was, that was way longer than a minute, Dan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, for anybody who has not been paying attention, lots of controversy over the live-action Little Mermaid remake, uh, casting Halle Bailey, um, who is a young black woman, to play the the role of Ariel, a uh, lot of people all of a sudden very adamant that mermaids need to be white. <laughs> That's really uh, problematic. Yeah. Wow, a lot of uh, yeah, geez, a lot of really racist childhoods being ruined. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and take a firm stance here on ruined childhoods and say that's totally good. Let's let that happen. I I mean, first of all, why a live action Little Mermaid remake? Like, why we? There are creative people at Disney who can come up with original ideas, and I think some of these live action remakes, like Mulan, the upcoming Mulan, I feel like looks pretty badass. Honestly, and it looks like there's a reason for it, like that there's a great story there. That wasn't entirely told initially, and I think it's actually their chance to remake and improve upon what, yeah. what the the '90s Mulan and this live action Mulan. Yeah, it looks pretty badass. Yeah, and I haven't yet seen the Lion King live act. Well, live action in quotes remake, mm-hmm. uh, but I hear it's really good. And I would love to see it just to see how it all comes together. And, you know, it's got such a strong cast that I'd really like to, I don't know, just enjoy. And that one is one where I'm just like, sure. Absolutely. I'm I'm interested. I listened to the music today. I I mean, just like not the score, not anything new, just, you know, the original songs. Um. The Lion King for me is 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 hard to beat. The original, the nineteen ninety four Lion King, for me, it, it's my favorite, my favorite like animated movie, like children's animated movie. My favorite of the Disney animated movies. Yeah, well, when it came out, it was like, whoa, they took animation to another level here. Yeah, and, which honestly uh, they were doing with they did with. I think they started that with Beauty and the Beast, where they took uh, animation to another level. I think technically, with uh, on on the animation side of things, they pushed it even further with Aladdin, and then the Lion King. I completely forgot that. I completely forgot that there's a new live action Aladdin. I completely forgot about it. There's, you know, we were on this trip and um, our friends uh, Lara and Kenrick and and their son. Louis are they're Disney fanatics, and uh-huh. so we were we were talking about just we we were actually having this conversation about you know 
the kind of some of the critiques about the Lion King live action is that you you lose some of the emotional expression of the characters. And I mean, I, I, I'll have to see it for myself to determine that. But, you know, we were kind of talking about like, all right, well, which ones like which ones call for live action and which ones don't like which ones like the new Mulan. I don't know if it'll have right. all the music in it. So which ones call for to be the musical adaptation. And it's what worries me about the little mermaid is, I mean, I think about under the sea, I think about that and it's so exhilarating when you when you watch it in the in the animated movie and it's great and you've got all the fish underwater playing instruments what are there just yeah. gonna be like real fish with little plastic trumpets like i mean i yeah i, I yeah well I'm, i mean little plastic trumpets floating around in the ocean you know brings up some other issues yes yeah exactly so yeah no the live action little mermaid won't be environmentally friendly but you know well i mean yeah if there's plastic floating around in the ocean disney is better we all know that like (laughs) disney is is has more of a budget but i'm just i'm trying to think of like what is it going to look like is it just going to be like a real crab that is dancing and singing i i will find out when the trailer drops i guess i i guess uh, so but i mean they're doing a live action lady in the tramp that one's actually coming out right i think this year i i mean i'm of two minds about it where it's part of me is just like why do they need to be doing it and the other part of me is just like why not you know it's i mean they're doubling down on on all uh, yeah, on as many of their uh, movies as they can like i i think hunchback maybe hunchback would be a good one to do. I think uh-huh. you have, I, uh, if I remember correctly, Stephen Schwartz did the music for that and you'll have Wicked hitting movie theaters in the next couple of years. So uh-huh. double down on sure. that. Um, so I guess we can move on from the the Disney pseudo live action remakes. Yeah. Um, there's a couple um, other things that we, we mentioned on our Instagram. Uh, there's 007. Potential, well, yeah, there's 007. Uh, I wish we would have thought about this when we were talking about 007, but the new 007, is it confirmed or is it like that it's Lashana a maybe Lynch? situation? Is it confirmed, confirmed? So she's she's listed in, in the cast, and what I've read about the plot is that it's... Uh, I, it looks like also Christoph Waltz is back as, as Blofeld, at least according to what IMDb has. So... The little bit that I w- that I read or have heard is that Bond Daniel Craig is is retired um, and he's living in Jamaica and he is called out of retirement. I'm assuming because it's Blofeld, and right. So if you have Blofeld returning as as a villain, if not the villain then it ma- it makes sense to bring him back and that i guess he works with the new agent 007 who yeah. probably will who i guess will not be i guess it'll establish whether or not James Bond is a is a code name or whether that code name is now just retired 
So well, I'm excited to find out. And yeah. I think it's a really smart move. And it, I believe the first American director of a of a Bond movie. Oh, who's going to be directing it? It is Carrie, um, the Fukunaga, the uh, creator. True Detective, and yeah. Yeah, so. He's great. um, Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm optimistic about that. Another, uh, a trailer that I saw that I'll I'll just comment on briefly, I'm not sure if you've seen it, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot trailer. Oh, I haven't seen seen the trailer. No, does it look good? I, for nostalgia purposes, and you know, like remembering like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was a lot of fun, and seeing Jason Jason Muse, right, <laughs> who I always enjoyed in in that role. I what I saw was funny, and they, you know, it's 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 like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. They bring in all the all the players, you know, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, right. Uh, uh, they like I Chris Rock. I think I think like you have like characters from Dogma, right? You have all all of the. Uh, if you think about it, Kevin Smith was really the one to start cinematic universes with the Esk universe. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, one thing that I wanted to touch upon is the I, another trailer that I saw was for the Kingsman. The Kingsman. It's not I, like the, Kingsman. The prequel it, to Kingsman. Yeah. And I saw, you know, I just, I saw the title of it and thought, oh, it's a Kingsman prequel. And you're watching it and you're just like, I don't think that that's what this is until there's like a reveal of like, yes, this is what that is. That's at least how I felt the trailer went. I think the font on the poster kind of gives it away. Well, it did, but it, I did, but the, the feel of the trailer was not indicative yeah. of the style of the of the other movies so i was kind of just like matthew vaughn huh? it's matthew well, vaughn he's back so that's that's really well, cool i'm i'm, excited I'm, to I'm see looking that. forward to it i i enjoyed the first one the second one is a little wacky but still enjoyable <laughs> there's some I, I i don't even want to comment but some of the stuff in that is just it's so ridiculous it's great um and uh one thing I just want to touch upon, this is not a reboot, prequel, sequel, whatever, um, but the trailer for uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood came out, and I just wanted to mention it because there is a line in the trailer. Uh, do, have you seen the trailer? I haven't watched it yet, no. Okay, so the plot of the movie is that there's somebody who is going to be writing an article about Mr. Rogers, about Fred Rogers, and... He's like spending time with him and they have this, you know, close relationship. And uh, the writers, uh, who's played by uh, Matthew, Matthew Reese, Reese, right? Yeah. Yeah. From who's the Americans. Fantastic. So good. Love him on the Americans. Um, yeah. But he, I guess he goes back to his wife or girlfriend and she's like, please don't ruin my childhood. And I was like, what? Gotta oh. bring that one up. Um, have to, uh, John, did you see the trailer for Top Gun 2? I did. What'd Top Gun Maverick. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, yeah. I am going to watch it and enjoy it because I like Tom Cruise. And um, I, I mean, I love the work that he, he does with Christ, Christopher McQuarrie on the um, Mission Impossible movies. So what could be He's so working, bad? You've got Joseph Kaczynski. 
from mm-hmm. uh, Tron Legacy, uh, which right. I, I really enjoyed Tron Legacy. It looks like the, the style, though, is kind of trying to keep to Tony Scott's right. style. Um, like some of the shots looked, uh, you know, very similar to the original Top Gun. The music, of course, mm-hmm. uh, helped. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a bit skeptical about some of the plot that kind of was just like, man... I'm just. I'm, we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, and then I'm. I'm hoping maybe we'll get a you know, Days of Thunder to trickle. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so bef- before we actually start talking about Roadhouse, uh, there's one more thing I want to bring up, and that is okay. the announcement for the new Blade with Mahershala oh. Ali. Yeah. And and that news was what finally um, prompted me that and the fact that I was on a plane for 10 hours to watch Green mm-hmm. Book. So, oh, yeah, because I wasn't um, that familiar with with his work and I haven't seen Moonlight. So, oh, and, you haven't seen Moonlight. It's no. so good. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, it's you should have watched movies. that instead of Green Book. No, I don't think it was on available on this flight. And no. I was just like, I didn't, I kind of didn't want to be that. I don't know. It, I feel like when I watch that movie, like it's emotional. It really seems kind of emotionally raw. Like I got that from the trailer. So yeah. uh, I, I know that's one that I need to be, you know, very much ready for. But I, after, after watching that movie and thinking about him as Blade, I, um, I, I'm kind of psyched. I'm kind of interested to to see what he does. I feel like it'll be a different take than Wesley Snipes, but still like sure. a really solid, um, a different but a really good blade. I, I'm wondering, as this is part of the Marvel, is this, I guess, phase four? I think, well, I read somewhere today that it might actually be phase five. I don't know what that necessarily means. So I guess what I'm curious about is, is this going to be like PG-13 Blade? (laughs) Is this going to be kind of... I I guess we'll find out. I mean, yeah, I I guess tonally you do it differently. It's hard for me to imagine a non-R-rated Blade. I guess because the violence and the gore was so was such a focus of the first two. Oh, I think Blade Trinity might have been PG-13. Granted, I think was, that you might be right about that. It was the weakest of the trilogy, but <laughs> so um, I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing to to seeing what they do with that. That's all. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Roadhouse. Let's indeed talk about Roadhouse. Yeah, Roadhouse. I uh, Roadhouse begins as essentially a movie version. <laughs> of bar rescue and then slowly over the course of two hours turns into banana town oh it's like my God. at a certain point you're just like wait a second am i watching a different movie right now uh, it's it, it yeah I, I gotta say it it does start off like it the pace they know rowdy harrington the director of roadhouse mm-hmm knew what kind of movie he was there to make and he made right. that kind of movie it's got bigfoot the monster truck in it yes 
And it's got it, what's and what I thought was funny, John, was how we had just been talking about MacGruber right before uh-huh. we talked about Roadhouse. And I don't know about you, but I completely forgot that that Roadhouse featured throat ripping, throat ripping, very much so. Um, but I thought like Roadhouse, it's yeah, it, it definitely starts. It, it, I mean, it starts with a fight and Patrick Swayze like in khakis and right. just like sewing up his own wounds. And it, so it, it starts off with, and these fights are like ridiculous. It's so absurd. Like the, these fights that, that start over nothing or over the most absurd things ever. Mm-hmm. And, but just Patrick Swayze's like totally cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So essentially, we we really first see, you know, Patrick Swayze is working at this bar that is functioning great. It's like yeah. TGI Fridays in its prime, you know, people <laughs> dancing, everybody's happy. And there is this bar owner who is there to essentially, you know, to, to go and hire him to go save his bar, which is just like disgusting. People are beating each other up every single night. Uh, The staff is corrupt. Yeah. Pretty much anything bad that could be happening in a bar, short of like a meth lab running out of the back, is happening in this bar. And he wants to make, he wants his bar to be, you know, I I guess the the Applebee's, John, to to, to your (laughs) TGI Fridays. I think that he's like planning to sell it, but in order to actually sell it he needs to get it cleaned up um and and get you know things working right and people to not be essentially killing each other (laughs) every single day so um and uh dalton is patrick swayze's character uh he's just like this mysterious character i i still don't understand his uh his automobile ownership situation (laughs) where like he he drives home before he leaves and gives his car to some guy and then buys another car to drive to the the new bar and then no buys another car like i'm very confused by the car situation I, here i can cl- i mean i think i can partially clear that up so <laughs> okay. he, he's got the what is it the mercedes I think it's so. New York. He's got like this. It's a Mercedes or it's a BMW. I. It's been a few weeks. Anyway, it's really nice. It's clean. It's hardly ever used. He keeps it all covered up. It's. Oh, it's got New York plates, which mm-hmm. he's. I. I pretty clearly not in New York, at any point in this movie. So even not even upstate New York, but because this guy is coming from Kansas to recruit him, right? Um. So he. So Dalton, so I think that's just Dalton's, like, that's, that's his car. He's, he's an interesting, he's got this, like, kind of this Zen philosophy of, like, I'm going to live in a barn and I really don't need conveniences, but he smokes a ton and has this really schnazzy sports car, which, right, they don't necessarily explain much about it, except that I guess he owns this really nice car that, where he, that he loves to drive long distances, but every town he goes to, his car is going to get jacked up by right. by the drunks okay. he throws out. 
So it, they're essentially disposable only yeah. to serve the purpose of like making it through his trip there. Okay, that makes sense to me. Got it. On board. He needs a way to get from... Yeah, yeah. He has the nice car for long distances and then he gets whatever used car that, that he, he, of course, is going to fix up. And it's just for him to get from whatever barn he's staying in to whatever <laughs> bar he's he's cleaning. And and right. he does go by cleaner. He's not a bouncer. He's a he's a cleaner. He's a cooler. Oh, cooler. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Cooler. Uh, so, yeah. Cooler is the, the person who kind of, I guess, fixes up the, the bouncing situation and oversees that and. Well, and keeps things uh, from getting it like keeps I, I mostly keeps the bouncers from making problems worse yeah. and keeps problems from escalating uh, to the point where the violence happens inside the bar. Yeah. So what he doesn't know he's getting himself into is the fact that there is uh, Jackie Treehorn. Uh, ben Gazzara <laughs> is here uh, and he runs this town. He uh, essentially... I guess everybody is in debt to him. Uh, his lackeys drive Bigfoot, the monster truck. Um, <laughs> he He's kind of like this Midwestern mafioso who, like, ev- all the local business owners pay him so that their places don't get trashed. Yeah. And I guess he pays and, off all the police. Right. Yeah, so, and also he has, I think it's his nephew works at the bar and is stealing money from the register, essentially. Yeah. And um, also, uh, Ben Gazar's character, I'm trying to remember what his name was. Brad uh, Wesley. Brad Brad Wesley. Uh, he is a big game hunter on the side, and he, I, I'm, I think that he was married to, um, Doc, Kelly Lynch's character. Is that right? No, his, his son wanted to marry her. His son wanted to marry her. I was a little fuzzy on exactly what that situation was. But what's also interesting is that Brad Wesley's compound is directly across the lake <laughs> from the barn where, uh, Dalton is, is staying and it's like, <laughs> this town is that small that that hap- it's just right across the lake. All right, whatever. Well, also, um, I love, I, I love the, there's like the impression that Brad, it's like this huge compound. And meanwhile, I'm thinking like, that's kind of out in like the middle of Kansas, like not really near a major city. Does that go for like 10,000? <laughs> Could I get the Brad yeah. Wesley complex for 10 grand? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, yeah. it, it's it basically his next door neighbor is just some farmer. Yeah, it's the guy yeah. who like, Dalton lives in his barn, and like I, I don't know what he pays him, but like it's he's not paying a whole lot to live in that barn across the river from Brad Wesley's complex. Yeah, I think I'm trying to was I think he was like it's gonna be a hundred bucks a month. Can you swing it? <laughs> it was like something yeah. really low yeah um before we get much further we are i've already mentioned that the monster truck bigfoot is uh prominent in this movie i do want to point out that bigfoot has made other film and television appearances such as police academy six city under siege and also 
a movie we talked about in the last episode because of uh, because of butt cheeks, but uh, Tango and Cash. Oh yeah, which all right, I got a connection back. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna loop us back in. Um, Patrick Swayze was not able to be in Tango and Cash because of an injury sustained on Roadhouse. Yeah. Which then enabled uh, him to be in Ghost. Right. Which, as we all know, was a really smart move. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, Patrick, it was Tango and Cash, and then there was another, there was another movie that he was going to be in, uh, and ended up not, not doing because of the, the injury. Oh, man. Shoot. All right. I'll get back to you on that. Well, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, it, to to really talk more about the plot of this movie is can get really really confusing because no there, it's it's just absolute insanity. But essentially, he ends up saving the town and like killing all of the bad guys. Oh, he also has a dark history that in, involves this 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 rumor that he confirms to be true where he i guess lost his temper and ripped somebody's throat out well it, yeah it, well it wasn't that he lost his temper it was that he um so one of his many contradictions in in addition to being like very zen and very intelligent he apparently also just you know i guess is kind of a man whore and I guess he went home with this woman or he was in a, he was like sleeping with this woman and she never told him that she was married. And then her husband came in and her husband had a gun, I guess had a gun or a knife or something. And like he attacked. So Patrick Swayze just went, or Dalton just went into like throat rip mode on instinct. Yeah. That's right. And, and by the way, the other movie that Patrick Swayze had to pass on due to that injury, predator Two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, think he made all the right choices. I mean, it's interesting because Danny Glover had to pass on Dirty Dancing because of an injury sustained on Lethal Weapon. I'm kidding. Is that true? No. Oh, I was like, yeah, that'd be Danny really Glo- weird. No, Danny Glover was supposed <laughs> to play Johnny in, yeah, no, in Dirty Dancing. He could have played a different character. I've anyway. had the time of my life, but I'm getting too old for this shit. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> so enough said. Roadhouse. Uh, uh, oh, and we should also talk about uh, Sam Elliott, who is uh, Dalton's, I guess, mentor. His mentor, yeah, yeah, his mentor, who then comes to kind of help him with this bar situation, and he was kind of like, you know, the the whole thing was like, you know, it's the same same bar, different town situation, mm-hmm. but what they didn't expect was for this Brad Wesley situation to get really out of hand, which ultimately results in uh, Sam Elliott's character getting killed. And Sam Elliott, you know, he is, this is er much earlier in his career, clearly. And he's just like this young stud. (laughs) Just saying. Sam Sam Elliott. Sam, (laughs) Sam, you know, I was watching, I, uh, I didn't see the whole thing, but I was watching a little bit of his new movie, 
the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Mm. Right. Sam Elliott. The monster truck Bigfoot? Like like I said, I didn't get to that part. (laughs) Um, He only got to Hitler. You know, it's it's hard to beat that. Um, Sam Elliott has aged maybe five years in the last 35 years. Like, I remember him in Mask. And the uh-huh. only thing that looks different about Sam Elliott from Mask until, let's say, the Big Lebowski is a haircut. Right. So kudos to you, Sam Elliott. For yeah. real. So, uh, oh, and then there's uh, um, the the Kelly Lynch um, character. She's a, she's a doctor, the ER doctor, who, you know, ends up in a relationship with, with Dalton and... Mm. Anyway, uh, the there's really not much more to say about Roadhouse. It does have a sequel. Yeah, well, it was it was an I mean originally supposed to have a uh, a sequel with Patrick Swayze, right? <laughs> Though the the sequel is um, it stars oh the sequel stars. Jonathan Skeech? Oh, Sh- Jonathan Skeech from uh, that. He's Skeech. in that thing you do. Oh, that's the guy from that thing you do. Yeah, totally. And, but not Tom Everett Scott. And right, yeah. he was it's also the, in the lead uh, singer. Yeah, he was also in Hush with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Jessica Lange. Um. So, and then in in Roadhouse Two, Last Call, you've also got Jake Busey as Wild Bill. Just reading the. Oh. Wait a second, Corey Hart. Corey Hart of "I Wear My Sunglasses at Night." Corey Hart. Uh yeah, I believe so. I don't is, know if there are any other Corey Harts out there. In did he take over for in Hollywood? Jeff Healy. Uh, let's see. Jeff Healy of the Jeff Healy Band plays. He's the. Uh, I would have to I imagine he's the, the blind guitar player. Yeah, who's who's yeah. like longtime buddies with Dalton. Um, They've yeah, worked he's, in the same places before. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, he plays Chubby DaCosta. So, <laughs> have to imagine so. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, this oh. movie exists, and that's all I can say about it. It's, um, so... I have to say Jonathan my favorite. Jonathan plays, to... plays Shane... Sorry, he plays Shane Tanner, who is uh, the son... He's Dalton's son. And he oh, is... Oh, a, okay. He's a DEA agent... And, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. I I do have to, I, I, there was a line, there's one line when I was watching Roadhouse that I said, I I have to write this down. And it's, it's at that point where the movie is really like the banana peel is coming off. We are going Uh full bananas here. And I, we've already dropped an F-bomb or two on the episode. So, it's when Patrick Swayze is fighting that like that one like super henchman who like gets him in a chokehold and then whispers in his ear, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Oh, yeah, that was really bizarre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's also when they're in the bar owner's office and they're kind of giving him a hard time for the first time. I mm. uh, one guy calls another guy chicken dick. And I was like. That's hilarious. Where did that yeah. come from? <laughs> really some great <laughs> lines. But but anyway, let's let's move on to our 
our purpose here. Yeah, so... Uh, what you going to do, John? Well, okay, well, are we factoring in Roadhouse 2 Last Call? No. I'm assuming no. you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. We're going to say Roadhouse 2 Last Call is not considered canon. Right, okay. So what I would do is I would either do a prequel, and I'd probably cast some Hemsworth as a younger <laughs> Dalton. Um, pick your Hemsworth, doesn't really matter. And uh, I would maybe go into that story where he rips his first throat out. Uh, or I would do a sequel that plays on the legend of Dalton and the time when he ripped an entire small town Kansas mafia's throat out. And <laughs> it's called Throat Rip Academy. And it's a new form of martial art based on Dalton's method of, you know, being a cooler at a bar. Just his his kind of that's his his to, to use a last starfighter term, his death blossom, if you will. His yeah, weapon sure. of last resort is the throat rip. What do you do after you rip somebody's throat out? You wait. That's it. You're no, done. you move on. You don't have to wait you, for anything. Yeah. You the go on to long. the next throat that needs ripping. Pretty much. You rip away. Yeah. When he when he ripped that first throat out, because, okay, I might have seen Roadhouse before, but the details were fuzzy. Yeah. When I watched is, it again, I, I was just clarify. like... This is, not a, this is not necessarily a movie that we grew up watching. I am sure no. I saw it on HBO or VHS somewhere in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. But didn't necessarily watch it all the time. Uh, he, when he rips his first throat out, I was just like, oh, it's this kind of movie now? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right, here we go. All right. And then it's just that for the next 20 minutes. And it's like, this is a different movie. I'm watching a different movie now. Oh, well, I, I kind of felt that way when Bigfoot trampled the car dealership. The car dealership, right. Yeah, yeah. When, when everyone just gathered and watched as Bigfoot just ran over all the cars and smashed through the car dealership. That, But the thing is, I feel like that was an even entirely different movie sandwiched in between these two <laughs> other movies. Because that movie was essentially just like, we've got this monster truck. Let's play monster trucks for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and they've got that. this monster truck and we've got all these cars that we can crush with it. And this building, this all this glass that we can crash through. So hey, why not? Uh, oh, it was also in Police Academy 2, their first assignment. <laughs> I, wonder, now? I wonder if that's I wonder if that's referenced in Police Academy 6, where it's just like, hey, this is the same car from all those years ago. I don't think you know, that there's while, that line in that movie, but... <laughs> well, there is definitely a sense of continuity throughout the Police Academy series, I don't think that Bigfoot was taken into account. Yeah. It was also in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Okay. Yeah. Maybe... Oh, I... Wow. So Bigfoot sir, has certainly had a lengthy career in film. Well, it uh, its first movie was 1981 with Take This Job and Shove It. It's the main character's personal truck, according to Wikipedia. Uh, right. It makes an appearance in Ready Player One. Um, yeah, yeah. And then right. uh, on TV, it had its own series, Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines. 
and uh, which is an animated series. I remember and, that. Uh, and then let's see, there's a Discovery Kids TV series called Bigfoot Presents Meteor and the Mighty Monster Trucks. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, I was thinking about it, and then when I was I was in Spain, and we were kind of we were driving. We get it. You went to Spain. I'm kidding. Go on. Well, that trip to Spain was what inspired my idea for a Spanish language remake of Roadhouse, <laughs> set in Mexico. Um, I would love to see uh, Road Casa. I think it would just be like I would love to see Robert Rodriguez if he could like okay. if he could go like full like Desperado once upon a time in Mexico. Yeah. Those are cool movies. I would love to like you could bring in like a Damien Behir or um, yeah. maybe like an Andy Garcia as Brad Wesley. You could your Dalton could be a Gail Garcia Bernal, uh, uh, Diego yeah. Bonetta, um, Oscar Isaac, if you will. Uh, and as it, it taking the place of Sam Elliott, you could you could have Antonio Banderas. You could go Danny Trejo, right? With that. so my my other thought for this was really to just do like a re-release, but treat it as if it's a movie like Rocky Horror Picture Show, and like you know. I don't know if there's a way to encourage audience participation. Do a Roadhouse I'd, Roadshow? You know, because that's, yeah, those types of things are things that happen naturally. Uh, and they don't happen often. It's really Rocky Horror. You have the room. Um, I don't know if there's a way to force that. But I, I think it should be encouraged because that movie really deserves to be viewed in that type of environment. I I want to say that, okay... So here's what's been done. Roadhouse the musical. That's not surprising. The it's and I want to say it was called Roadhouse the musical based on the film Roadhouse starring Patrick Swayze. Oh, like that's the full title. I did hear about this, yeah. Um and wait, was there something with mullet wigs? I probably, or am I making that up? Where like they uh, give out mullet wigs or something like that? I don't know. I, I I thought I, I heard something about that. I'm looking at um on uh brown paper tickets and they now they they're not mentioning that but when they, I mean I if 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 this was ever done this sounds like a uh oh, let's see in 2003 oh, okay yeah off Broadway musical that makes sense I would be surprised if it wasn't in the uh New York Fringe Festival and yeah, I but anyway, so there's there's that there that um yeah, let's see. It was a campy comedy. Oh yeah, its full title is Roadhouse the stage version of the cinema classic that starred Patrick Swayze, except this one stars Tamak from the 80s cult classic The Last Dragon wearing a blonde mullet <laughs> wig. Okay. Wearing a blonde. Okay, got it. Yeah. Uh also, I do want to encourage people to listen to another podcast episode for a podcast called sequel rights uh my friend josh was on an episode they did about roadhouse so okay um if you do want to listen to to people talk about the sequel roadhouse last call go to go there we're not talking about it yeah Um, 
But, you know, there were some other directors who I was thinking, all right, if you were going to remake Roadhouse, I mean, yeah, there's a lot you'd have to change. And the Hemsworth name definitely came up in in my casting. Like, I I, I would be interesting to see like a Hemsworth, Kurt Russell combo, like Kurt Russell taking the Sam Elliott Uh role or or Keanu. Yeah, I, I feel like Keanu Reeves is is kind of maybe too old for Dalton now, but oh for sure, yeah. He but you know like ten fifteen years ago even I could have seen that, but you could put him in the. I I, I don't know if the Sam Elliott role really fits him as well. Uh, Ryan Gosling is Dalton. Yeah, kind of like the quiet, cool type of situation. Also. For talking directors, I'd love to see like a Harmony Corinne Roadhouse. Wouldn't Harmony that be Corinne weird? Roadhouse? Yeah. <laughs> see, I was thinking, I was like Stephen Chow. Uh-huh. Who made one of one of my favorite like action movies, Kung Fu Hustle. Right. That'd be uh, fun. Yeah, Stephen Chow. Like you mentioned Taiko um YT. Waititi before. Taika Waititi. I mm-hmm. apologize. Uh, I think he's another, he's a director who kind of has that sense for humor and action. So um, whoever's been doing the John Wick movies, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I mean, look, nothing's ever going to happen with, with Roadhouse no. beyond what's probably happened. Oh, Kurt um, Sutter. I would, I'd be interested to see a Kurt, Kurt Sutter um, what has create, Kurt Sutter done? Uh, Sons of Anarchy and the uh, Mayans. Okay. Or just gotcha. Mayans, actually. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think those are guys, I think those are directors who would uh, who would get the tone of it, both the humor and the action. I'm, I'm sure there are. Has there ever been stuff. a TV series oh. about a cooler? Somebody who goes from, like, bar, like, I know there's Bar Rescue, but, like, I, I don't think uh, uh, so, but I should point out that according to IMDb, it was going to be remade with Nick Cassavetes directing Ronda Rousey, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. I did hear about that. Felt, I assume because of Ronda Rousey's uh, WWE contract, it sounds like the, the timeline worked out that that took... Uh, that maybe was one of the reasons why this fell apart. But Ronda Rousey, right. I'd, I'd be down for that. She kicks ass. Yeah. I mean, she's held her own in, in some movies and in, in yeah. smaller roles. She was in a Fast and the Furious. Sure. She didn't really have any lines. And I think that worked in her favor. She kicked ass. That's what she was there to do. And she did yep. it. Yeah. Yeah. So... Dan, let's talk about what we're going to talk about on... Let's talk about what we're going to talk about on the next episode. What we talk about when we're, when we're talking about... Oh, yeah, geez. We didn't even touch on the Look Who's Talking reboot. We'll save that. Uh, we don't have to. Well, <laughs> I guess we've said enough. Um, so next time, we will be revisiting the 1985 John Candy comedy Summer Rental to go to, as kind of a partner to Summer School... Which sure. was, and both films were directed by Carl Reiner. Yeah, uh, I I I know that we're clearly going to talk a lot about Summer Rental in the next episode, but it's it's a movie that I know I've seen and have like vague memories of certain aspects of it, and I'm really looking forward to revisiting it. You know, because uh, it, it's been a really long time. It it 
it had been out of my mind and off my radar, but then with the recent passing of Rip Torn, oh yeah, I was reminded of his his role in Summer Rental, and therefore reminded of Summer Rental, which uh, uh, one of those movies I really I remember enjoying, and I have fond fond memories of watching. So a summer classic. Well, It'll be it'll be a lot of fun to revisit. It looks like it's streaming on one app that I've never heard of before. <laughs> so we'll this see is how that 2019. Goes. If you you can find a movie, there's this where there's true. a will, there's a way. Uh, if anybody wants to chat with us a little bit, we are ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail dot com. Um, just a heads up, we're going to be recording some episodes. Uh, while we are on a week-long summer vacation in Hawaii coming up pretty soon. Yes. Um, and we're going to have some uh, special guests from our families. So uh, look out. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be, be interesting. As the kids say, it's going to be lit. It's going to be a big experiment. We're going to see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I, I mean, really, I, I feel like if the experiment is a failure, it, it will still result in, a, in an entertaining show. <laughs> yeah. And if anybody also wants to um, recommend movies that you think we should cover while we are in Hawaii, let us know. Yeah, um, th- it'll be our first it'll be our first time actually recording in person together. I know, which is wild. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know this. Dan lives in Seattle. I live in Portland. We're in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know why we're not doing more Pacific Northwest themes for, uh, we, maybe we should do, uh, Harry do and something the like that coming yeah. up. You know, Goonies, uh, there, there's so many. We, well, um, John, our first, that very first episode was uh, partially set in Portland. Where that's true, live. Short Circuit. So. Yeah. Yeah, we we have not avoided the Pacific Northwest. We have perhaps no, we haven't. It. But you know, it'd be fun to do you know a, a cluster, a little Pacific. All right, so hey, yeah. listen, if you've got favorites, your Pacific Northwest favorites, whether it be a a Harry and the Hendersons or a Singles, let us know. <laughs> what, <laughs> what are your thoughts? What do you want to hear? You know, Dan, Harry and the Hendersons, how many Bigfoot movies are we going to talk about on this episode? <laughs> good journey, and everybody. On that note, good journey. Gypsy woman told my mother before I was born said you got a boy child coming Ain't gonna be a son of a gun Gonna make pretty women Jump and shout